Hi guys and welcome back to the physio pod brought to you by Response Physiotherapy. Today we're going to be looking at tennis elbow and we're going to be discussing top tips for tennis elbow. So just as a reminder, the tennis elbow condition, if you like, or the term refers to basically pain on the outside of the elbow, which if your palm was facing up towards the ceiling would be the thumb side of the elbow. So I caught up with Matt and we're going to talk all about tennis elbow and the top tips for helping the issue. Enjoy. Hi Matt, welcome back. How are you doing, mate? All right, thanks very much. How are you? Yeah, good, good. This, it's probably uh, worth saying. It's probably on. worth saying you you were recording this on a Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon, but commitment to the cause that isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah, commitment to the cause. I'm actually looking forward to getting into this because as a tennis player and occasional sufferer of tennis elbow, I'm keen to uh, keen to get stuck into this one. Oh, good. good. So we're going to look at top tips for tennis elbow, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So that I think that's got to include that's got to include some causes, some possible areas that you might not have thought of, plus some possible areas that you can get online, all that sort of stuff, and then yeah, and then see if we can end up with a a few quality tips to to do to make things better. Yeah, sounds good. Hmm. Um. I'm going to kick things off, and I think it's something that maybe not necessarily everyone thinks about. Um, and I'm going to go with grip strength. Grip strength. Do you ask you know, that? Well, I, do you know, it's not the first place I go to for tennis elbow. What do you mean then, by grip strength? So I think, so if we think about tennis elbow, and just to clarify that, it's pain on the outside of the elbow. It's called tennis elbow because it's sort of notoriously linked with sort of that backhand shot and isn't isn't it with tennis mm. and i think then the automatic automatic assumption for probably most people is that it's an issue with the muscles that attach at that point yeah um and actually for context for people that's the opposite muscles that allow us to grip so if we hold on to something actually that's the flex the muscles through our forearm rather than the extensors and the extensors are the ones at the back and that go into the side of the elbow this is the the lighter side of the forearm isn't it is the grip is the is the flexors yeah. Palm the darker side of the forearm is the is the extensors yeah yeah absolutely and i think in my mind and i've seen this quite a lot with people so my first top tip is check your grip strength and improve your grip strength and the thought process behind that i think is that actually are we in a situation where those muscles at the back of that forearm that go into the outside of the elbow are complaining and pulling on that attachment because actually that grip strength is not strong enough? So what do you mean? How, how would you test the grip strength? So I tend to look at it in clinic with people and I'll get them to grip my fingers and I'll perceive how strong they can do that. However, if someone else was just doing that in their own time, Speaking of tennis, if they've got a tennis ball or something like that, they can actually see how much pressure they can apply into that tennis ball by squeezing it in their palm. Yeah. That would be quite an easy way of just someone testing whether grip strength is weak or one side to the other. Um, so my first top tip, I think, is uh, is improving that. And actually, if you find that that's weak, that would be quite a nice and easy way of strengthening it up by squeezing that tennis ball and using that as an exercise. Um, oh, okay. 
Are you happy with that as my first top ten? Uh, yes. You know, no, I'm happy with that. I think I think thinking about it as well is is everybody goes tennis elbows those tendons at the back, isn't it? There are occasions when you can tear them. Yeah. I think it's probably worth mentioning that first of all is there are occasions when they can be torn. Um, and I've probably but I've rarely seen that in twenty six mm. years. Yeah. A very rare thing. Uh, and then uh, it makes complete sense to look at the grip strength. There's um, it's, again, it's probably worth saying again that um, that there is a a machine that you can get called a dynamometer, yeah, or a dynamometer, um, which would test. It's one of those grip strength machines and gives you a an objective measure, doesn't it? Really, yeah. Uh, so that that may be worth buying for people to buy. They're not expensive, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But um, no, it's a good top tip. Check your grip strength. Check grip strength. Uh, come on then, I'm going to pass it over to you for our second top tip, tennis elbow. Right. As always, there's a story behind this one. <laughs> so we um, we uh, did Lynn. we did a little bit of research one year where we wanted to look at um, the thumb position and the base of the thumb where, where there's a bone called the scaphoid uh, in tennis players. And what we found was in most people that play tennis, so if you think about they, they'll, they'll grip the racket and then they'll play tennis, and no tennis player plays tennis for less than two hours. Two hours is the, you know, if you suggest ever suggest to a tennis player they should have a knockabout or play for just 45 minutes, it's, it's like you're crazy. Yeah. So, um, so we wanted to look at what, you know, possible reasons. And so we, we designed an experiment where we looked at the position of the bone at the base of the thumb after they'd been playing tennis. And then we looked at that bone position with people who don't play tennis. And what we found was there was, there was about a 10 degree difference whereby the bone at the base of the thumb was sitting further forwards to the lighter side of your forearm mm -hmm. uh, in its in its socket let's call it a socket mm -hmm. and um and then what that then did was the tone of the muscles that ran across that bone were changed all the time then and it and it made the whole forearm and the hand turn so that your palm began to face backwards mm -hmm. and so we were able to um to highlight that if we reposition that thumb bone and we and we taped it back we could make a difference to the feeling of pressure around the whole forearm and into the elbow yeah so um and also if we change the grip of tennis players we could change that tension as well so mm -hmm. they often talk about um uh, something called uh, a, a grip technique when it comes to tennis and we'll come into that in a bit mm -hmm. but so this thumb position is really important so um, one way that you try and uh, get rid of these problems is by putting your elbow by your side, turning your palm to the ceiling, so your yeah. palm's facing the ceiling, and then you reach behind that palm and pull your thumb to the floor. And this, right? this is next to that index finger, isn't it? So you place yeah. the index finger next to the uh, thumb next to the index finger. Yeah. And so what happens is it creates a stretch across the palm side of your thumb. Yeah. And that stretch starts to open up the thumb. 
All right. And this is, this is, uh, and it's the same with you, isn't it? With the grip strength is that uh, you and I are saying, right, if it's not a tear of the muscle, yeah, then there are factors. And actually all of those forearm muscles go into the hand and these factors are involved in tennis elbow. And I yeah. suppose it's worth, worth as well saying at this point that uh, with tennis elbow in particular, and there's a few other conditions I find, it's, it's a whole bucket of ingredients that get rid of it. Mm. It's not, it's never one thing. So yeah. it's fact. It's probably right now we've got two top chips for you. One of them on their own may or may not work. Yeah. Two of them together has more chance of working because it's how you put the ingredients together. Yeah. And then also I was just thinking when you were describing that stretch, that might also be an easy way for people to test on themselves whether that thumb has tightened up as you've described. Yeah. Because if they do that one side in comparison to the other, they might yeah. find that that side, their affected side or painful side is the one that's tighter potentially. Yeah, it'll feel tighter across the base of that thumb. That's right. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah. Top tip number two. Very yes. good. Ingredient. I'm 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 making a cake. I've got yes. my list of ingredients together yeah. here. You put one and two in the bo in the bowl already. That's it. <laughs> I'm about to add a third one. <laughs> so my third one, I think, is back of shoulder strength, which obviously, as a, as a phrase, sounds quite broad. Which obviously I'll go into. Um, so this is this is the other end of the. You've jumped from. I've jumped one end to the other end, haven't I? One end to the other end of the arm, isn't it? Yeah. This is where this is where we never consider uh, when we're when we're getting treatment, we never consider the body as a, as an arm. We get, we get sort of conditioned to think of it as an elbow or a wrist or a shoulder. But I suppose you and I are coming at it from a point of position of this is an arm. Yeah. And yes, you might have specific pain at your tennis elbow or at your elbow on that side. But these are the points in, in the functioning of the arm yeah. that, that we need to get into. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's how I see the elbow and I describe it a lot with patients and similarly a little bit with the knee is that it's almost like the middle person so it's yeah. sort of stuck between two isn't it yeah and if the two other ends or the opposite ends are working pretty well then actually generally elbows knees are pretty happy yeah yeah um, if we've got an issue at one end or then as we know with the body usually that then <laughs> both ends because they interact with one another that actually that thing in the middle then often takes the brunt of it. Yeah, yeah. I, and I like I like that analogy myself. Yeah. It's a, it's a great analogy, but I do think it I do think it doesn't confuse people, but it's sort of it's often the first time they've thought of it that way. Yeah, definitely. Because like you said, I think it's that thing of, isn't it, is pain pain equals problem and problem therefore must be where the pain is. Mm -hmm. and, and I agree, pain does mean problem, but it probably means more often than not without realising. It's actually probably the problem is somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Go on, get into this. What do you mean by the back of the shoulder? Yeah. So, um, so the back of the shoulder is basically the opposite area to your chest. So if we think about the chest and that front of shoulder side, um, it's the opposite to that. So it's sort of where the shoulder blade is. It's slightly to the side of that. It's sort of the back of the upper arm as well. And there's a group of muscles which, in my opinion, are really, really important for shoulder function. Um, I think we all know that sort of classic sit up straight, shoulders back sort of position. 
And the reason that's so synonymous is that actually, if left to our own devices, our body loves being in the opposite position of that, which mm. is slumped. Mm. It's actually really easy for these muscles to stop working and to stop supporting the shoulder. And actually, one step further with that is that part of their role is to add a platform for that arm to work. Yeah. Also for that back of the shoulder to support the other chain of muscles that it's designed to work with down the arm and that extensor groove muscles in the forearm, if listeners can stay with us for a second, and it's that back of forearm side, not the palm side, is designed to work with that back of shoulder. So if we think about that classic backhand shot with tennis, when someone is extending to hit the ball to hit that shot, the muscles all the way through the hand, wrist, forearm, through the upper arm, then into the back of that shoulder and then wrestlers through the body are all designed to work together in that moment. And if they don't have that strength at the back of that shoulder, which is where from a sh arm perspective, the most of that effort should come from, then actually all that pressure is going to go to the elbow. So the, the is strengthening that. <laughs> so the timing of the movement is the hand moves first, then the foot or the racket head moves first, then the, then the hand or maybe yeah. the hand moves first, you could argue that. Hand moves first, then the forearm, then the arm, then the shoulder. Yeah. And the and that and that point of contact, because yeah. that shoulder is that most central point, yeah. Should be where that effort's going. And the um to build on that, you know, modern life, driving, sitting at a desk, laptop, computer, yeah. it all encourages the back of the shoulder muscles to switch off and stop working. Absolutely. And it comes back to that thing I was saying, wasn't it, of that classic sort of slumped position. All those mm. are out in front of us. It was mm. to be drawn from a postural perspective into that position. Yeah. It makes it more and more difficult, like you say, for the muscles to A, be engaged on a day-to-day -day basis, but also B, to then keep working. If you're trying to keep your shoulders back when you're doing computer work, <laughs> it's almost impossible isn't it it's sort of the only time i've been able to do it is if i stick uh, a tennis ball between my elbow and my rib cage and hold a tennis ball there and then i can keep my shoulder engaged at the back make those muscles work but then again i get tired pretty quick is that your top tip 3.8 a <laughs> Back of shoulder strength is to add a tennis ball between. Yeah, an hour. If you can get to an hour of tennis ball in, in between your rib cage and your elbow, whilst typing, you'll be you'll be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Very good. Uh, come on, then. I'm going to pass to you for our final tip. Top four. At uh, top four. Tip four. Um, and then we'll get into a little bit of just what to do. If you well, want to make it easier. I've got grip technique down right okay but i suppose i'm gonna i'm gonna apply this grip technique to a number of different things uh so let's go tennis yeah and and rack, holding a racket um if you just hold it and your fingers are close together that's one way of doing things yeah and if you move that index finger wider yeah we call it a pistol grip yeah so you're you're your little finger, your ring finger, and your middle finger together, and your index finger is further away from them. Yeah. 
what that does is change the point of effort and strengthens the wrist. It makes the muscles work differently. And uh, there's a whole bit of, I could get right into some technical hand position work and how the, that is the optimum position for the index finger to work and all that sort of stuff. But I'll, but I'll save us all and I won't. Um, but it's called a pistol grip. Mm. Now, that is the same grip as using a sideways mouse. Yeah. Okay, it's the same position as using a sideways mouse. And a sideways mouse is better than a, than a flat mouse because it takes the pressure away from the muscles at the back of the forearm. Mm -hmm. So therefore reduces, you know, if you're using a mouse throughout the day for eight hours, then uh, you've just halved the amount of tension going through the back of that forearm yeah for long periods so it's less likely to fatigue uh in golf uh it's a similar thing again whereby you tend to you tend to grip close together and if you just separate that finger a little bit it gives you a bit more control over the hand and wrist mm -hmm. um so grip technique is everything and i'm even going to put it down to lifting a kettle mm. If you're unsure about, about what I'm saying, if you grab a kettle or a pan of water, not boiling water, just a small bit of water in a pan, uh, then just to give it some weight, and you kept your fingers together, and then you gripped it and lifted it, and then you did the same thing but kept the index finger away from the other fingers, yeah. you would have a stronger position. It would feel lighter yeah, because the grip is in a better position. Well, and so that then spreads out the load through the whole of the arm instead of putting it all into the wrist and into the forearm. Yeah, I like it. Grip is in, you know, we've done, we've done thumb grip and grip technique. Yeah. Isn't it? So it just shows how important that is really, but not to forget the shoulder bits as well, really. That's a weakness in the shoulder. We'll, we'll get it. And we've had four top tips and none of them mentioned doing anything with the outside of the elbow. So what does that tell you? Now, it's probably worth saying at this point, and this, this probably takes us into that tips too easy. We, we, well, I don't disagree with a tennis elbow clasp. You'll spot, you'll, you'll find them online. You know, the, the brace that sits just below the painful point yeah i don't disagree with that i think that's part of that list of ingredients mm -hmm. towards getting rid of it and a consistency of of trying to ease the pressure on that spot mm -hmm. so i'm i'm going to go in for our tips to make it better or or avoid getting it that's my first tip is that your? yeah first tip is to feel free to use an elbow clasp but you yeah. are only using an elbow clasp if you were doing the other things to try and make it better. Yeah. And those other things would be things like you said, grip strength. Yeah. Uh, the grip technique. Yeah. Uh, now you can't do much about the thumb position, but we said you can stretch out the base of the thumb. Yeah. What would you add in there into that list of ingredients to try and make this better? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think I then, like I said, obviously we said about improving shoulder strength and there's lots of different ways you can improve the back of shoulder strength. I think a practical one, like you said, on a day-to-day -day basis, that tennis ball in between 
elbow and rib cage for people that have got desk based jobs is a good one. Yeah. Um, I quite like, I actually quite like, um, so isometric body weight strengthening stuff for the back of the shoulder. Yeah. Um, so I get people doing a straight arm side plank, which is quite good. Uh, reverse planks, I absolutely love. Um, and actually what I find they really help with is that education of those muscles to help stabilize that shoulder and the arm because actually they're fixed positions. So especially when someone's maybe especially struggling with strength early on, but also, um, you know, trying to work out what's the best things to do, right things to do, whatever. I think it's quite an easy way for those muscles to start to learn that job of what they've got to do without getting too confused with trying to provide that strength through movement. I think yeah. that first initial bit's quite a nice one just to do that in a held position. So they're, they're ones that I use a lot. So I'm going to go with straight arm side planks, and that's quite an easy thing to Google and YouTube and reverse planks. Blimey. More more ingredients in the pot. More ingredients in the pot. No, I've got. I think I've got one more. Come on, then we'll finish it's on this last one. It's a super simple one, all right. But it but it can be perceived as a bit odd because it feels wrong to start with, right? So you know when you're walking, yeah. what what you'll see is people. Some people will walk with the palms facing facing backwards and the back of the hands facing forwards, right? And what that does is it is it isn't what we call the neutral position of the shoulder or of the elbow or of the wrist. Yeah. And so you're trying to take pressure off this so that the elbow gets a rest at some point. Mm -hmm. So having walking with your thumbs being the you know pointing forwards and your little fingers being at the back it will feel very robotic to start with, but it means that every single step you're taking you're helping your tennis elbow. I like it. And the other the other thing, if, if you've got a bad tennis elbow, you might think, well, actually, it helps even more if I have my palm facing forwards and the back of my hand facing backwards, right? And it's a simple tip, but it means that as you're swinging your arms and walking around, uh, you, you've just reduced the pressure going through that elbow for some of the time, and it's dead easy to do. We like easy. Say again. We like easy. We like easy. So the um, it's dead easy to do, and so it it's all about trying to find ways to reduce the amount of tension going through that elbow. Right. Yeah. So thumbs forward or palm forwards. Yeah. So you, and and you'll feel robotic for about two minutes, mm. and then it'll feel normal, and then you'll find yourself doing it all the time because that's actually yeah. where it should be, and the brain recognizes it. Yeah. I think I mentioned this earlier, but and this might be a nice way to sort of just finish up, but I feel like everything we've touched on has been actually about taking pressure away from that area. Mm. Just as you were describing there, I thought actually of that thing of, I use this a lot with patients. If we think about glute maximus, so the big bum muscle, yep. it's really big for a reason. It's designed to take loads of effort. It's designed to keep us upright. It's designed to get us upstairs, run, etc. The elbow's tiny. Mm. it's not designed to take loads of effort. Mm. And I think actually where we're getting to, isn't it, is that actually if you've got a pain and a problem there, then actually maybe asking that question of 
well, why is it taking all that pressure? Mm-hmm. Where should the pressure be going? And maybe I need to have a look at some of those things. Mm. I think I think it is worth saying, of all the things, it's one of the hardest ones to easily get rid of. Do you yeah. find the same thing? Yeah, definitely, because... I think, again, it's that thing of, like I said, it's not designed to take that. So then mm-hmm. it's gotten to a state where it's angry and it's irritated. Like most things with the body, it loves then protecting, doesn't it? So then it yeah. wants to stay in that state because it's like, oh, I, I just don't want pressure put through me again. Yeah. So it's quite it. a, yeah, it's a niggly one, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. But it, but having said that, you, you know, I've succeeded more times than I've failed, I think. Yeah. In trying to in trying to improve it, in trying to get it better, in terms of helping people understand it, in terms of getting control over it so that it's not quite such a life limiting thing. And my guess is that every single time you've tackled it, they've all looked slightly different and they've all had lots of ingredients in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 It's what you're always putting in. It might some people take six ingredients, some people take ten ingredients to try and get the right pattern of 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 reduction of pressure strength to cope uh movement uh freedom at the shoulder and the wrist and the hand and all those kind of things yeah 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 so everyone takes something different very good on that point i reckon let's finish our top tips for tennis elbow thanks matt great stuff thanks josh we'll see catch you again soon see you in a bit bye bye So thanks as always for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then you can find other episodes that we've done at the PhysioPod on iTunes and Spotify. Until then, we'll be back with future episodes and podcasts discussing all the need to know physio topics there are. Until then, take care and we'll see you soon.